Hi everyone, I'm Stephen Stout, Executive Director with the Texas Society of Association Executives and co-host of Better by Association, a original podcast produced by TSAE. And I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Katie Markert. Yes, hi, I'm the other co-host, Katie Markert, Marketing and Communications Director for TSAE. And today, it's just you and I, Stephen. Just the two of us. Just the two solo acts. Uh, I guess it's a duo act. It's not if it's two people, not a solo. But <laughs> one of the things I think is interesting because we are, this is our season finale. This is episode number 11. So we thought that a great way to cap off this first season was to just talk to each other about what goes into creating this podcast, give everyone sort of a peek behind the curtain and talk about the nuts and bolts, and then maybe even bring on some of our producers and then just check in with each other on other things. I think that'd be a good idea, right? The season recap. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's such a fun project that we've had. I keep calling it like a little project that we're working on, but really like it's, I feel like it's taken off. I feel like I've learned a ton and, and I'm excited about it. So I do feel like this is a wonderful thing that we can showcase to our members and then just our full community about this is what we're doing and how to do it yourself if you're interested in it, why we do it, what we've learned. So yeah, it's a little behind the scenes. And I almost feel like it should come with a disclaimer or something today because we are officially winging it. And I feel like you <laughs> should know that. <laughs> there is no plan. We're just going to talk to each other. Yes. And we might even, yeah, that's a disclaimer for our producers, by the way. You might be doing a little <laughs> work. On More that. editing in this one than when we have virtual <laughs> guests. Yeah. I see this one as I, I'm dating myself here back in the 90s, must see TV when a TV show and all the characters gather on a table. Do you remember the episode where we ate a sandwich and then it would cut to someone like eating a sandwich in a previous episode? That's how I see this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've learned this year and certain episodes, maybe that we talked to certain guests and some advice we got for them. So we're just going to take a look back. I like that. I think that's very accurate. Yeah, I think so too. First question, Katie, why did you want TSE to do a podcast? Yes. This was my little brainchild. When I came on here, which was in March of 2022, so I've almost been here two years, it was one thing that we talked about doing, even in the interview process. But even after I started, I wanted to do it even more because coming here, you just realize how authentic I feel like this organization is and you are, Stephen, and the whole Uh stuff. There's so much to share that this very hardworking staff does. So anyway, I'm impressed by everyone here. And I I do feel like when I came here, it was like, these are my people. And this is another way to share that, I feel like. It's a way to share what we do and what we can offer this community with our members in a different avenue besides. We do obviously great events and networking. And as a marketing person, we have certain channels we can use that people know to find us via email, social media, things like that. But this is another, it's just like something different and a way for us to provide another avenue of communication. So that's where I came from with it. Why did you want to get on board with it? (laughs) So at first I didn't. Uh, So let's be real honest. First, I did not want to do this only because we are a small team of five. We do a lot every day. And so when you and Nika Nash and our staff brought this to me, said, we think we can do it. I was just like, when (laughs) are we going to do this? When do we have time? But talking with you guys and, and talking me off a ledge and figuring out this is a good way to move forward. I got on board pretty quick, but I, I will at first, I was just like, capacity level wise, like, how are we going to add this to the menagerie of things we already do? 
that won't, you know, burn us all out. So it's been interesting to be convinced to come on the other side of that line. And uh, it's been great. It's actually been a lot different than I thought. And we'll get into that more later. But yeah, I knew it was a great way, like you just said, a great way to get in front of people maybe that don't know us or get to our events or get to know the org as well as we would like. And I know this also gives us traction outside of the state of Texas. Like there, I like to brag, there are people who listen to us outside of Texas. So that's super exciting. But also I remember a few months ago, there was a, an individual on LinkedIn who was listing association podcast you should be listening to. And when I saw that we were on that list, I, I lost it. I was like, I can't believe like we're a baby compared to some of them. That, that was very cool. Very cool. Uh, very cool. And some of them have been around for years and we yeah. just started like in February. So to be included in that list was pretty incredible and a sticker, I think, on our paper and like a feather in our cap. I just really am proud of what we've done this past year. So to me, it shows that we're probably on the right track. We're probably picking the right topics to talk about, the right people to discuss them with. The, so far, I feel like it was, yeah, we're just going to do it. I too, I'm not going to lie, I was warned by people who have done podcasts and <laughs> don't do it. It's a lot of work. Yeah, same. And we'll get into it more when we talk with our producers. But I think it wasn't until we met them that we were like, oh, you know what, we can do this. And yeah. so, yeah, it, it's encouraging. Every time we get on a list or someone comes up to us and tells us, they've enjoyed listening, like that is encouraging and makes us want to keep going. And then when we looked at approaching the year-long commitment of doing something like this, I know there's, there's a surprise to everyone else. We are not professional podcasters. This is not what we do all day long for our, our yeah, full-time Yeah, you would guests. never know it. You would, you would never guess that because we're so good at it. But some of those podcasts put out episodes like every other day. Like they're yeah, like yeah. days and those. And I just, and I thought for whatever reason in my head, I was like, well, that's what we have to do. We don't, who has the time for that? So we worked out a timeline is internally what we think would make sense for us and also keep people interested. Doing once a month has been really good, I think. And I think that's how we managed our commitment is that we all talk to our members anyway. So we can talk to a member for an hour once a month. We already do it. So let's just record us doing it. Yeah. So if that's made the swallowing the capacity levels a little easier for me. Yeah, I definitely think we we hit it on the head with once a month. I think that the timing has been nice. You don't hear from us too often to where we're annoying you. But <laughs> when you do hear from us, people are frothing at the mouth to follow. What are they, what are they talking about this time? <laughs> but you know what? The, the month goes by quick, right? Like yes. I feel like we we have a recording and then it's, we got that. Check that off the list for the month. And then all of a sudden the next month is here. So yeah. I do think that we've hit the sweet spot in, in frequency. Like the yeah. once works well for us. So. I feel like we're getting into it. So let's just dive in. Katie, talk about the nuts and bolts of our process. Why don't you kick it off since you, let's be honest, you run this. I just show up once a month to talk. <laughs> no, you've been super helpful in, in even the planning also. But yeah, once we uh, met with the guys at Association Briefings, our producers for this show, they absolutely helped guide the way. But we knew we wanted to do a year-long commitment like we talked about once a month. And we all got into a room and talked about what would we talk about and who would we talk to. And that wasn't just Stephen and I. And it was our whole staff our whole five-person staff. <laughs> but no, we sat in a room and we just talked about what is it that our members are talking about? What is it that we like to share with people? And who are great people to speak to each kind of theme that started basically in those conversations, themes started popping up uh, that I was just rigorously taking notes and putting it all in, in one area for us to go to. But yeah, I think that's how we started it, I would say. But for the most part, the way we if we want to break it down into how each month works for us, we 
decide on kind of the theme we think would work with the timing of when it's getting out and it goes within our schedule. After we did the Women's Summit last year, we brought on two ladies that spoke on panels there. And so that, it just naturally fit. Once we decide that and decide who our guests are, if it's one person or multiple, we schedule with them and it's not a heavy lift, right? Where we actually, overall, we ask them to participate in two meetings, a 30-minute pre-meeting and then typically hour-long recording. And we like to do them back-to-back days if possible. But for the most part, when I break it down for whoever I'm asking in that way and just ask them to share their experience with whatever the topic is, I feel like a lot of people are really open to it and they think it's fun. And honestly, we've been lucky. I don't think I've had one person tell me no. Has anyone told you? No. You know what? It's interesting. I'm impressed that everyone has said yes because (laughs) you think about it, it is to us, it's just a conversation, right? We can have a conversation with everyone, but the internet's forever. So people can find these things. Like I just, I, I'm very grateful to the the 10 guests we've had, or even multiple yeah. since a couple of them had more than one person, but that they were willing to go on this journey with us because we didn't really have much to show them to convince them they should do it. We didn't say you should, like Jody Ann, who was our first, Jody Ann Ray with Texas Society CPAs, our first guest. She had no clue how this is going to work, how this is going to operate, because we we had nothing to prove to her or show her that this is what it's like. So after her, I think you and I got a lot more comfortable with just the model and the way you were executing these things. I've been very grateful for our, our friends out there who were like, I'm absolutely will love to be a guest, which is exciting because now we're at the point where people are asking, like, when can I be a guest? So that's exciting. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's- Have a wait list started. <laughs> who can be on the show? But if anybody wants to throw their name in the hat, we're, we're open. <laughs> the wait list is like one person, but still it's a wait list. <laughs> uh, yeah. So essentially we get that scheduled on the books, a time that works for everyone. And Stephen and I at that point usually come up with, we decided 10 was like a good number for us of questions that we put together on what are some things that we think people want to know about from this person. And 10 has been great. Sometimes we haven't gotten through all 10 because Some people have a lot more to say than others. And that's great too. We're pretty flexible, I feel like. We also email them the questions beforehand because I don't want to just totally not know what people are going to ask me. I don't imagine anybody else will. And and this is supposed to be a warm, welcoming environment. So (laughs) I I did wonder if at first we should throw in like a Barbara Walters question and we'll make people cry on the podcast. Then I was like, I feel like that's a different type of podcast. That's not what we're (laughs) for. Hey, we're open to all things. There's a season two is coming. So we'll find out if we did just that. Yeah, I think 10 is a good number. When we first started looking at those questions or that number, I remember this first episode or even the second one, I was like, is this enough? Are we going to be able to fill 45 minutes to an hour with 10 questions? Because I always have the fear that someone someone's, oh, do you like working association management? And someone's like, yes. (laughs) And then that's it. You're like, okay, here we go. Question number two. We're already halfway through. But it's been great. A lot of our people, I feel, have felt very comfortable talking to us as well as have been good about keeping their answers a little longer to help being an audio service, make sure that we're getting the good soundbots from them. Yeah. yeah, I think 10 seems to be a magic number for us. And we've never had to come up, I think, with, uh, with our guests with more than 10 because we went through so quickly. More than often, we have to shorten it because we have such in-depth conversations. Yeah, I feel that way too. And through the conversation, follow-up questions always arise. It just becomes more natural as we go through the conversation. But Right. Yeah. The other thing that that kind of helps that natural conversation is the pre-call. So that's the next step in what we do after we get questions approved by everyone. We'll have that pre-call. It's like I said, 30 minutes typically. And that's keeping evolved over the year. When we first started these podcasts, our pre-call, we would go over each question with 
the guest and get an idea of what their answers were. And I think that was just Stephen and I wanting to know, like, how do we segue into the next question or something like that? We don't really do that anymore. I think that was just us trying to be as prepared as possible. But like I said, that has evolved over time in the last, I guess we are going behind the curtain. The last three episodes, we haven't had pre-call at all. Yeah, yeah. And they've been, they've worked out great. Yeah, we, we adjusted, we we did we're two live recordings, of course, at New Ideas in September. And because everyone that's listening probably knows the toll uh, working a live event takes when you're executing it on site, we didn't have a lot of time for a pre-call with our live guests. So we winged it with our live guests, meaning we didn't, we just gave them the questions and said, this is what we want to ask you. As opposed to previous before that, we were having these 30 minute dedicated calls to talk about it. And then I think you and I, Katie, but don't let me speak for you. When we recorded that, we looked at each other like, I think we have lightning in a bottle here. Like the answers were so much more organic than when we didn't rehearse them word for word on what they're going to say for each question. So I think after our second recording live, we looked at each other and was like, you know what? Maybe we don't do a pre-call that talks about their answers. We can do a pre-call, talk about questions, make sure they're good with that. But we don't want to know what they're going to say. Because I feel like that warrants a natural response from you or I that might spur us to ask a follow-up question or anything like that. Yeah, it's been interesting how that evolved because if you had told me in February you were going to do away with a pre-call, I'd been like, are you crazy? We need that. We need to know like how to talk to these people and what they're going to say so we know when to ask the next question. But then in September when we did our second recording, I was like, we don't need those anymore. Maybe that's just because we're getting so much better every time or it's just the the process evolves and you just do what's right for you. And I think so too. I think we're learning as we go and we've learned that's what looks best for us and conversation. But I think the pre-call is really nice because a lot of the people that we speak with, I don't actually know very well. I've been in this space, like I said, two years new to the association industry all around. So everyone's new to me. And so I do that little 30 minutes to just get to know them a little bit, let them know me a little bit more. And it does provide some comfort level. But I think we're still trying to figure what the exact formula is for us. But yeah, here we are today, winging it, as we say. Winging it completely off the cuff. Although I will say that despite winging it, we do have a list in front of us of things we're talking to each other about. It's not truly winging it. We didn't just sign on and say, what do you want to talk about? We did have some thoughts about what we wanted to discuss, but just maybe just not as structured as we normally do. And then of course, shifting over to recording day, it it comes so quick. Like you said, you feel like you just record one and then it's, and we do a month apart. So the month goes by so quickly, but I guess I, I, I am, maybe I am ruining the mystique of it all, but we do these on Zoom. We don't have a studio. Sometimes we're all in different locations when we do it, all of us that are on the call, but the way that it's recorded and the way it's done, it makes us all sound like we're sitting at a table together, which is just incredible to me because that was my fears too. When I heard that we do it over Zoom, I was like, oh, is it, that's going to be weird if we're all not in this, is there still going to be the same kind of engagement level or interest? But I think everyone's become so accustomed to having meetings on Zoom and thanks to the pandemic. But now it's just a, a second nature, I feel like. So recording day is really exciting because we just jump right in because we've already had the pre-call. And then what's great is nine times out of 10, I completely lose track of time. And luckily we have our producers who message me as, hey, we've done about 35 minutes, about 39 minutes. And what's great about our producers is they don't rush us, meaning that if we go over the 45 mark or whatever, they, they say, continue the conversation, we'll figure out where and if we need to cut, because maybe we don't need to cut. Recording day is a lot of fun, I think, because getting to talk to who we get to talk to this past year, I've learned so much about people's backgrounds and like where they come from and what's important to them, where their passions lie, things I don't get to talk about them at when I see them at an industry event or even at one of our events because we're so busy. But 
hearing that I'm thinking of Kathy Height, who was from Hawaii and she had a, played a role in getting a battleship to Hawaii. That's so interesting. Oh, and cool, right. Yeah. Who knew that? And, and I get it because our space is so unique. It's people don't normally go to school for what we do. So everyone comes from different spaces, but I just really enjoy recording day. It's a lot of fun and it's something I actually look forward to every month. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I don't know if you remember, but our original like goal for recording time was is like 25 minutes or something. Yeah. We were just originally, that was always the plan. And then we end up just talking forever. But I guess that, that shouldn't be a huge surprise, but it's enjoyable, the whole thing. You know? What did you expect the first day we recorded, like the very first time? Did it go exactly the way you thought it would? Yeah, I don't, you know what? I have no idea. I think that's so funny because I feel like I was just like, we should do this. Let's do it. And we're doing it. And then all of a sudden the day came to record and I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. Yeah, yeah. It's like whenever you sign up for a marathon or something, it's yeah, like, yeah. I should really do this for myself. This would be really good for me. And, and it's the right thing to do. And then you start training and you're like, what, what, why did I yeah. say same. I kept thinking, like, did we practice enough? Like when we lad like recording number one, again, behind the scenes, that was in February. And the first day we recorded, if you remember, Katie, it was a snow day here in Austin. We were like snowed in in our homes. And so we were praying that the power stayed on because of that tends to happen when it freezes here as that we lose power. Yeah. Uh, so we, we chatted with Jody Ann while we we're all iced in our homes. And so that was episode one. And I was just like, man, what have we done? But it went really well. Jody Ann's easy to talk to, and she was a great first guest as our board chair. It made total sense. But yeah, that first day of recording, after we finished and we handed it off to association briefings, I was like, oh, good luck. I don't know how that's going to come out. Because again, we're all in our separate homes, snowed in, and see if, and then listening to it, it's how we sound like we're all sitting in chairs around a table together. I would say with every episode we've done, we finish recording and I'm like, how was that? And then I hear it, the episode, whenever we get to listen and it's, oh, that was so fun. That was great. You yeah. have that moment of, was that good? I don't know. And it's gotten to be like, for me anyway, a real sense of pride with every time we publish an episode that obviously I have friends that are not in our space that probably don't care what we're talking about on an association management podcast. But I'm like, oh, did you listen to my podcast? It's so good. Listen to my podcast. And then I feel like I've become one of those people, like people you meet at parties that are like, oh, you have a podcast? Cool. And it's, no, this is a really good one. You should listen to it. Yeah. No, for real. It's good. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That was, recording is always interesting and, and the guys keep us on track and too, but like also reviewing and editing and re-recording, like th those all play a role. So far, I feel like we've had a very minuscule stuff and nine times out of 10, it's something our and maybe our computers did something weird or we've even had guests who had a guest who had a, a package delivered from Amazon during our recording <laughs> and we, I never heard it in the editing. And I don't know how, because it was pretty loud. And then dings and all those things, telephones ringing, stuff like that. I realized that people understand that we all live in a different world now. We work from home or we're in an office when we do these things. But I'm just amazed at how, again, it sounds like we have a studio in our space and we're just invite these people to them once a month and have a great conversation. Yeah, I'm proud of the fact that we have really hardly had any re-recordings. It's just if we say something funny, we'll have to re-record that word or sure in a different way. But other than that. Yeah. And I think it's funny. I think the only re-records we've had to do are you and me and not our guests. Oh, like, yeah. Guests have been like perfect. And, and we've had to do a couple. Now I can't say that word. So it's only been us, but it's also uh, a good learning for us, especially because there's some things, the way we say things. And I think one episode I, I realized I said the phrase 100%, like I at least 13 times when someone I was agreeing with someone, I was like, 
man, next episode, I am not going to say 100%. It is and really. It is for a really long time. And then last episode, we were talking to Lori Gracie and I said, oh, 100%. I was like, oh, man, I lost. Really? You know, what's yeah. funny is you're the only one that's good. Of course, now we're putting it out there, like you said. Yes. Now everyone's going to count me down. Exactly. How many 100% does he say? And then what's nice, too, about the sort of editing and the re-recording is we do provide a copy of the draft to our guests so they can listen to it and make sure that sometimes you get so caught up in just having a casual conversation. You're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or I would like to rephrase that differently. But when we share with our guests, we've never had a guest that wanted to fix anything so far. So that's really great that people feel so comfortable with what they've said with us that they're willing to put it out in the space there. I guess we're not hitting them with the real hard questions. Say, watch out season two guests because here it comes. That's true. One thing we want to do today besides go through this process is bring in our producers. That's right. Joining us today will be Colby Horton with Associations Briefings, who serves as our producer for the show. Colby, welcome to the show. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Katie. Real quick, just make sure I'm not the first person that you may cry on this. I'm just <laughs> <about> <laughs> the scenes. I make no promises. <laughs> Someone will cry before I'm done with this podcast. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're happy to have you here, Colby. Even though you're here all the time when we do these things, we really appreciate you taking some time to come from behind the curtain and speak to us a little bit because I think you have some good stuff to add to this conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you. So knowing your company and getting to know you guys throughout the year, Colby, of course, we feel like we're your only customer, but we know we are not. So how can you guesstimate, I imagine, how many podcasts are you currently producing right now? Yeah, so we're right around 35 or so. We have several in the pipeline right now. And what's amazing is those 35 have really started coming around this year. We started our business as something honestly completely different. And we saw a need in the space for podcasting. It was like, oh, I like listening to podcasts. What if we start producing some? And more and more associations came to us. And here we are doing pretty well each month with the number of podcasts that we're putting out there. Our staff is growing and the number of podcasts that we're producing continues to grow. That's, That's awesome. Exciting. Do all 35 do monthly podcasts, same frequency? Yeah, most do monthly. We have one that does a, a weekly. They actually have three podcasts that they do with us and Ooh. they drop one uh, a week. Really overachieving there. Yeah, no doubt. Wow. No doubt. But I think you found the sweet spot with that monthly podcast. If you're dipping your toe into it, that, that's about right. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, Colby. I know that you not only produce, but you host some podcasts, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. We have a couple that we do post, usually in our space, because we know this space and can at least contribute or at least carry on a conversation within this space. You all know it's the guests that people want to listen to. It's the, sure. the guests that really carry on that conversation. But if we know just enough to be dangerous, yeah, we can help host that. <laughs> I just think it's you're not only producing. That's an important distinction. You're also like hosting as well as producing, as well as editing. All things that we couldn't do as a team of five. So I think you guys provide a valuable service. It's interesting to hear that this was not your initial business plan podcast, because I assume this was your initial business plan. So I, I think it's interesting you've had you made a shift, but obviously a smart one. So you do all aspects of the podcast. What and you you listen to podcasts as well, big fan. So what do you think makes a good podcast? Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of factors that go into it, but I really believe that a podcast should be entertaining, right? It's different than a webinar. And we get that all the time. What's the difference between a podcast and a webinar? I want to turn a webinar into a podcast. And you really can't. There, There is an entertainment factor about a podcast. Even if it's two people talking back and forth, having a, a conversation, there's still that entertainment factor. 
And I think too, that if a listener can take away just that one golden nugget of information from any podcast episode they're listening to, you've created a good podcast. And I think I'm always amazed that regardless of what industry we're recording, whether it's construction or healthcare or even quantum business, things I know nothing about, there's always this one piece of information that I can take back with me, either from a professional or a, a personal level. So I think that's really important. If you can listen back to your podcast and have that, that moment where it's like, oh, wow, that was really profound what Steven said there what I said there, what Katie said there, then you've done your job. You've created an interesting, really good podcast episode. And and then Colby, I feel like probably a host play a role in the good or bad. So how do you, how do you pick your host for your podcast? I know how we did it because it just made sense for us. Actually, Katie came to me and said, I think you should host. And I was like, I want number two with me so I can banter back and forth to somebody. So I'm not a lone man on an island. So for someone listening to thinking about it, what recommendations do you have for picking your host for your podcast? Yeah, and, and you're right. The importance of the host, that's one of the first things you have to figure out. If you don't have someone who can carry a conversation, who can do follow-up questions, who again, has enough knowledge about the industry to really be able to contribute to the conversation, then you're not finding the right host. And the host is that person that your loyal listeners come back to to hear. They're the person that represents the podcast. They're the person that your listeners get to know. They really feel like they they know you. That's really important. So for an association, that's really hard because it's not always the board president. It's not always the executive director. They can be very smart folks who can run an association better than anyone else. Maybe in front of a mic, they freeze up a little bit. So you do have to really pay attention to who that host is. I love that there's two of y'all hosting and you can have one host. You can have two hosts. I wouldn't go beyond that. But if you're looking for two hosts, look for the two folks who you know go to lunch together. Obviously, there's already that chemistry between them. They can probably carry on good conversation for at least the hour that they're at lunch. So they're the folks who can maybe come in and host. One of my favorite podcasts that we do has actually two team members from the education team from the association. And they're the ones who host it. And think about it. Who doesn't know more about the industry than the folks putting on the programs for the industry, right? So look beyond just that executive staff, look beyond even that communication staff. There's folks within the organization or in committees or young and emerging professionals who want to be a part of this. And that's who you need to look for your hosts. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really yeah. good point. When we go to Aaron all the time to say, what are people talking about? What do people want to know about? And to help us decide what our next theme should be. So let's say we want to start a podcast as we have done this year. What are the first three steps that anyone out there should do? Ooh, three steps. Okay, I'll try and narrow it down here. I think that most associations who want to start a podcast usually have someone on their team or their board that are podcast aficionados. They've listened to podcasts. They know what they like. They know how they would deliver the storytelling element that podcasting does. So I think that's really your first step. Listen to other podcasts and don't just listen to podcasts within your space. Listen to what some of those popular podcasts are doing, because in my opinion, in order to create great content, you have to consume great content, whether that's what you're reading, what you're watching, or in this case, what you're listening to. So listen to what others are doing. With true crime, comedy, business, fantasy sports, they all have, yeah, they all have some type of storytelling element that you can say, oh, wow, you know, 
obviously our association has nothing to do with true crime, but I really like how they put that that cliffhanger out there and make me want to come back for the next episode. So just different things like that helps plan it out for you. Second, we just talked about it. Find your host. You can't move forward unless you have someone who can move the story along. So find your host. And then that last one is you have to have the commitment. And, and y'all have already addressed that, right? You came in here saying, okay, how do we do the next 12 months? So in your mind, you have committed to that 12-month episode cycle, which is great. But you got to commit beyond that. You got to commit, how long should this be? Mm. Y'all tend to run about 45 minutes. That's what your listeners expect. Commit to your frequency. Commit to when you're going to drop it. I'm going to drop it once a month on the third Tuesday of the month. So there's a lot of commitment that have to be involved. Once you've decided to commit, you can move forward. Because if you can't commit, at least for those six to 12 episodes at a certain cadence and a certain structure, honestly, you're just not ready for a podcast. Yeah. Yes. Roll out kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good point. We struggle with that too, because as our guests are volunteer guests, they're not paid to be on our podcast. So we're at the mercy sometimes of their schedules when we have someone who's like really impressive around a certain topic and we want to talk to them and we're like, oh, we want to drop on the 15th. So can you talk before the 15th? They're like, no, I'm traveling until the 23rd. So can we do after that? You're like, we can, but that's the date we usually push out. But so, yeah, it's hard. It's not easy to commit as far as you have all the best intentions, right? And then things happen, but that's a good, those are good starting points, I think. Yeah, I think the worst thing you can do is decide you're going to do it and you drop that first episode. And then again, life gets in the way, business gets in the way, events get in the way, and you don't drop again for another three months. You're not building that audience. And obviously building of the audience is one of the most important parts of the podcast. Also, I'm disappointed that I'm not getting paid for this appearance. I was checking <laughs> in the mail, but that's okay. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. <laughs> I got to look at my contract again. Uh, Holy so much. We love working with you guys and uh, yeah. you make it easy for us, which is why we're here. So thank you. Yes. Absolutely. We're honored to be a part of it. Thank you. Yeah. You make us sound amazing. So we are glad you were here. So Katie, now going back to you. I'm going to ask you this question. I want to hear like name two things you love and one thing you hate, which is a strong word, but or dislike, I guess, about doing the podcast. Okay. Okay. We're to this part now. Yep. Okay. It's easy to name the things I love, honestly. One, the best thing for me is that I just get a front row seat to a conversation that's happening between two leaders in this industry. And obviously you're one of them. <laughs> oh, thanks. But no, sometimes I feel like I... Like, I forget that I need to be involved in the conversation. Too. There's just so much great nuggets of conversation that you're having. So that's my number one. I, I really do feel like fortunate that I, I get to be a part of this. So thank you for asking me to join you. Of course. <laughs> and then I would say the second thing I love is just when people come up to us at an event and tell me that they either love listening or they'll name specifically something that they learned and they'll ask me when the next one's coming out. And that just to see the excitement and a member and know that they, you know, they get it, they, they get what we're doing and they like it like that. That's the best. So those are my loves. My hate is just, <laughs> and I'm, I'll use the hate word. Go for it. It's where you're like listening to yourself and you yeah, say, yeah. Hearing your own voice. You're like, do I sound like that? Why has no one told me that's what I sound like? For me also, it's, I guess I giggle a lot and oh, wow. you can really notice. And so sometimes I'm just like, I'm just giggling over things. But <laughs> that's just me being the audience member that I've become. All right, Stephen, name two things you love, one thing you hate 
about that. I did not write this down because I thought we were winging it, but uh, <laughs> two things I love about the podcast is one, I, the stories we hear, like I said earlier, the getting to know our, mem- our members on a personal level, hearing about how they fell into the space. It's just amazing to me how many walks of life come into this arena as far as association management goes. So that's one thing I love. And second is I just really enjoy this hour of time we have when we record. I enjoy working with the guys at Associated Briefings. I enjoy the time with our guests. enjoy the time with you. I just really have a good time for the hour. And it goes by real quick for me. And I, it can really break up your day, right? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you get to do this for a time. It's like, yeah, it's like a light, like a uh, light at the end of the tunnel for a day sometimes. So you're just like, oh, I have to work on all this stuff. But oh, but I have an hour. I get to chill and have a conversation, which is always nice. And then the thing I hate, I agree with you, is the the voice. That was the hardest thing kicking off is like, wow, I really sound like that, huh? No one thought, see, when you should change your voice a little bit. You're the radio man, I feel like. Uh, no, I, yeah, no, I, have, I do have a radio background and I, it's nice. But I remember one of the things, too, is, again, no secret, I was doing Invisalign for a while. And I, one episode, I forgot to take them out. And so I, I can hear a lisp in that entire episode. People who know me can like, you have your Visalign in? I'm like, I do. I do have my Visalign in. So just hearing your voice and getting over that, I think and the guys warned us about that too. They're like, the first, I think the first edit they sent, the first recording, they're like, don't worry about how you sound. You sound great. So you need to get over that. So, well, then Katie, tell me the best piece of advice you've received so far on all the episodes. Well, this one is hard. I know. Because I really have, almost every time we recorded or listen to the episode, I'm always thinking, oh, this is our best one yet. So I we've gotten so much great stuff and I love all of them. There is one thing that really, I have repeated this to myself daily in my work, I can say. Molly Pillman in our second episode when, with the ladies from the Women's Summit panel, Molly Pillman was one of them, one of our members. And she said, do you remember this? She said, don't let perfect be the enemy of good enough. Especially when it comes to designing things, it's never going to be perfect to me. So I will just spend so much time on something. And I've told myself, I've stopped myself and said, you know what? It's good enough. And I have just passed it through. So that, I would say, has really been something that I have implemented in my daily life. It's a good one. Is there something that stands out to you? We've heard a lot of good things from different people. I love the way Christopher talked. Christopher Wilson of the Independent Bankers Association of Texas talked about innovation. I love the way Trevor Mitchell with American Mensa talked about diversity, equity, and inclusion. But one of the things that stuck with me as our interview with Leslie Midgley, Leslie, uh, something she said, like, this is a people business. If you are in this business to make money, you are in the wrong business. And sometimes reminding yourself of that when you're stressed or whatever is that this is all about people, this is what we do. And so I think that has, I keep hearing Leslie's voice in my head when I have a bad day or I'm working on a project that's maybe frustrating me. I just keep thinking like, okay, like this is a part of the job, but it's not everything. I guess it speaks to what Molly said too. It's not perfect, but it's good enough. But one of the things too is, I, I don't know, I just, I read that really resonated with me that it yeah. has like realign the purpose of being. I could have named something from every episode, but oh, I easy. talked about finding your voice too. There was a lot of things in that one. I love yeah. it. I'm going to ask the last question, Katie. What do you see for the podcast going forward into our second year? What What's some of the glimpses we can get of season two? <laughs> Besides making people cry. Besides making people cry. <laughs> goals. I think it'll be more about getting more input from our members. I think I want to try and get them involved in some way, whether it's like having members submit questions once we do identify our guests so that we can make sure that we're asking stuff that they want to hear or maybe submit topic ideas or even 
like I said earlier, throw their name in the hat or wanting to come on and join us for a conversation. I think that that's what I see for it, but that's just in my own head. Did you have some? Yeah, for me, I am excited to tell more stories, right? It's more of our people's stories because this gives people an opportunity to really get to know someone quickly and a short bite because one of the things that I love about our events is we all love talking to each other and especially in between sessions and in the common areas. But I've always found, and I hope maybe some people feel that way too, that it's never a time to sit down and really connect with someone and and learn, hear their story and what they're struggling with or or what their successes are. And I hope that this season two, we go more into those stories about what are your passions, innovation, AI, like Lori Gracie, innovation with Christopher Wilson, membership with Kathy Height. Let's hear more about you as an individual, because we have some incredible people in our membership and one thing that someone said, aren't you worried you're going to run out of content? I'm like, no, we have yeah. 940 members and each one of them has a unique story. So to me, that's 940 episodes to go. I'm ready to do this. So I never really thought about running out of content because I just thought, no, everyone, I think, brings someone special to the table. Yeah, I totally agree. And the storytelling, absolutely. I feel like I, I tend to want to ask questions that are more about the person even than what they're doing every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's their background. That's what I see for us too. I feel like yeah. that's so. I feel like we gave a good peek behind the curtain. I feel like people yeah. got a chance to see like how this how this operates, how we work, how the guys at Associates Briefings, Colby and Frank, make us just so good, and that we don't do this ourselves. We do have a lot of help, but we just really appreciate. Uh, we want to thank everyone that joined us for season one, and especially some of our sponsors who decided to sponsor episodes for this past season. Absolutely. We had absolutely nothing to show them, and they decided to support us financially. It's a great episode, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to us, who have given feedback to us, who've emailed us, who's come up to us at an event to tell us they love the podcast. Thanks to all of you for listening. We really appreciate it. I think we're on the cusp, Katie, of maybe soon going on a tour where we can sell out like theaters and do live recordings in those spaces and maybe only- Hope everyone knows we're teasing when we brag so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, four people would show up, but they'd be really excited to be there. Yeah, anyway. yeah, listening tour coming soon. Yeah, here we, that's season three listening tour. Anyway, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you and we'll be back in January with a new episode. My name is Steven Stout, Executive Director with the Texas Society of Association Executives. And my co-host with me today is- Katie Marker, Marketing and Communications Director. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate it. Make sure you check out our podcast anywhere you can listen to podcasts, and we'll see you in 2024.